This afternoon we confess Lord's Day 20, the first Lord's Day in the section about our, the Holy Spirit and our sanctification. Lord's Day 20, and there we confess the following from God's Word. What do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, He is, together with the Father and the Son, true and eternal God. Second, He is also given to me to make me by true faith share in Christ and all His benefits, to comfort me, and to remain with me forever. So far, our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, boys and girls who belong to the Lord, what would you do if you received notice that you inherited a couple of million dollars from a relative you didn't even know you had overseas somewhere, maybe, great aunt or something. Imagine on a certain day you check the mail and you receive this official letter in the mail with all kinds of important looking stamps and signatures. Out of the blue, you didn't even know this person, but you inherited from this person a whole pile of money. And I'm not sure, completely sure how that works, but maybe it would be a while before the money could find its way to your bank account, all kinds of steps to follow yet. In any case, it's your money. From the letter, you know you'd, you'd had it coming to you. How would that affect you? How would you react? Maybe it's hard to imagine how you'd react because it's never happened to you. But imagine that you received this notice about an inheritance like that. I think you'd, it would occupy your mind and you could talk of nothing else for a while at least. Take it with you when you go to bed at night and it's there when you get up in the morning and it's there in your mind all day long. And I think you'd be looking eagerly forward to the day when you'd see that fabulous amount of money on your bank records, in your bank account. And I also think you'd be thinking beforehand about what you would do with all that money. Well, congregation, that enthusiasm about an inheritance like that why do we sometimes have so little enthusiasm for the inheritance we've been promised by God in Christ? We read about that inheritance, as it's called, in Ephesians 1, verse 11. That inheritance promised us in Christ. I know that God doesn't give us money to inherit, but what He does give us is much, much more wonderful than millions of dollars. 
He promises to give us perfect life in His glorious presence forever. So why doesn't the prospect of that inheritance generate more enthusiasm and excitement for us? Why do we so easily take it for granted? I thought about that when I was making this sermon and I concluded that it might have to do, a lot of that might have to do with many of us not really being certain about that inheritance. Is it really for me? In talking with church members about the future, about going to heaven, being with the Lord, you sometimes get the impression from some of them that they're not sure if they're going to be with the Lord or not, ultimately. You get that idea, the idea that for some it's a mattering matter of, well, I'll worry about that later on maybe in my life. Or maybe some of them are just thinking, well, wait and see where I end up. No assurance, real assurance of faith. No certainty. And that saps the enthusiasm. But this afternoon we confess the Holy Spirit. And it's wonderfully comforting to be able to confess that He's the one who can give us a certainty. The assurance of faith. His work, as it says in Lord's Day 20, is to make us share by true faith in Christ and all his benefits to comfort us and remain with us forever. That sounds pretty, pretty certain. That's his work. And I proclaim to you the gospel as we confess that in Lord's Day 20 with this theme then, the Spirit gives certainty. And we see two things specifically in those last couple of verses that we read in Ephesians. We take it from there. The Spirit is a seal, and secondly, the Spirit is a down payment. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a seal. Brothers and sisters, what would you do if you weren't certain about that inheritance from that overseas relative we mentioned before? What, were you, what would you do if you weren't certain about that legacy? Well, I think you'd, you'd take that letter out, open it up a number of times, look at it closely again, right? Check, it, check out that official letter you received with its certification. You'd look at the official seals or stamps and signatures. And you'd look that over again, and, and it all looks completely official, and that would give you certainty, wouldn't it? This is the real deal. What about the, with the inheritance God has given us? Because he didn't send us each a letter in the mail to let us know that we had that inheritance in Christ, a letter we could look over again. He didn't certify our election to salvation with a nicely signed and sealed note from heaven. And yet, congregation, he has given certification of our inheritance. 
You see, I mentioned that letter from overseas with those stamps and signatures on it, which are supposed to convince you that the inheritance of millions of dollars is really and truly yours. Well, the apostle talks in the passage we read in Ephesians about a seal or a stamp of certainty certifying our inheritance in Christ too. In Ephesians 1 verse 13, the apostle writes, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. Like a stamp. Official stamp. God does give a seal to convince us of the reality of our inheritance in Christ. Now every allegory or example falls short in some way. Also the example of an inheritance from a relative, which I use this afternoon for the letter from overseas has seals and signatures, which give certainty about that money you're going to inherit. But as the apostle says in Ephesians 1, we, we only receive that seal of the Holy Spirit after we have come to faith. In other words, if we refuse to believe and shut ourselves off from the gospel of our inheritance in Christ laid away for us, nobody's going to prove to us that God's promise is true, and we have that inheritance. But if we do believe, if we don't reject his promise, then God does really give us an official stamp or seal to take away our doubts. Then he gives a seal to give us certainty about this inheritance which is more wonderful and valuable than a huge pile of money because it means eternal salvation for us in Christ. And the amazing thing is that God doesn't place the seal of our inheritance on a letter. He places it on us, ourselves, on our hearts, on our lives. For Paul says, verse 13, you were you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And that brings us to the Holy Spirit then, who we confess in Lord's Day 20. And notice that in the verses, the apostle, in those verses, the apostle speaks of the Holy Spirit of promise. He's the Spirit of promise. In other words, the Holy Spirit who was promised to you. And that refers back to the promises made at our baptism. In the form for baptism, you heard it read here a week ago at the baptism of little Cason. It says that, it says in that form that when we are baptized into the name of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit assures us by this sacrament that he will dwell in us and make us living members of Christ imparting to us what we have in Christ, namely the cleansing from our sins and the daily renewal of our lives, till we shall finally be presented without blemish among the assembly of God's elect in life eternal. In other words, if you then experience the Spirit's promises coming true in your life, namely that daily renewal of your life, 
so that over time your life becomes more and more cleansed of your sins, then you have that seal of the Holy Spirit on you in your life. In other words, you have the proof that that inheritance in Christ, that whole inheritance in Christ is truly yours. The inheritance of eternal salvation, which you maybe sometimes doubt, will I go to heaven? So the question is, congregation, how do you notice the Holy Spirit's work in your life? How do you see your, his presence in your heart? How does he convince you of the glorious future, which is your inheritance in Christ? We don't only have to look at our personal life, although the pers your personal life is important, yes. How do you know that the Holy Spirit is working in you? Congregation, when you, when you despise your sins, and when you desire the righteousness of Christ to live in love with your neighbor and with God. So it's, you don't have, only have to look at your personal life, though, but you, you can think here, too, about what God gives us here as part of his church in this place. You don't just look around you here. Look around you here, and you see brothers and sisters in the Lord. And you are part of this body of Christ here, part of this church. And if you think about it, the reason that Christ's church is here is because of the work of the Holy Spirit. He's the reason we all share the same faith here. He's the reason we're one in Christ. Of course, we all have different characters. We all have differing opinions about a lot of things. But we, and we all have a different, different measure of faith. One stronger in faith than another. But at the root of everything, we still all believe the same thing. We all confess the same faith together as we did earlier on when we recited the Apostles' Creed. That God the Father is our creator. I believe in God the Father, the creator. And Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. And the Holy Spirit, I believe in the Holy Spirit, a renewer. Well, and that unity in that Catholic and undoubted Christian faith, which we so easily take for granted, is unity in the Spirit. You see his work here among us in that unity, that we are together in the same faith. And that you as individual are part of that. We could mention a lot more things in the congregation which show the work of the Holy Spirit in us. For instance, we not only all believe, we also pray with each other and for each other, don't we? We pray for each other. Well, that's also the, the work of the Holy Spirit, that you pray. And if you see that, and, the, and you're a living member of Christ's church, and you share in the faith and in the prayer of the congregation, you can say that God the Holy Spirit is at work in your life too. Then God, in the words of the Apostle Paul, has pressed the seal of the Holy Spirit on you. And then you don't have to doubt anymore. You can be certain of your inheritance in Christ. 
Just as when you receive that letter and you check out all the signatures and the seals, that inheritance is also for you. It's laid away for you. We come to our second point. The Holy Spirit is also a down payment. Brothers and sisters, we've seen that. Now, if we observe the Holy Spirit working among us and in our own personal life, then that's a seal on us. Then it's proof that we'll certainly receive the inheritance God has laid away for us in Christ. But I can imagine that some of you might still have questions about this because it's okay to point to the good things the Holy Spirit works in the congregation, only there are also other things in the congregation not so good. Things you can point out here in the church. And if you think about it in your own life too. Things which are not from the Holy Spirit at all. Sins and shortcomings. And there are things that are sometimes even more noticeable. You know, they, you notice them a lot easier than the good things from the Spirit. What I want to say is that it's good that we pray with and for each other in the church, but we also gossip about each other in the church. And then you sometimes wonder whether there's more gossip about each other than prayer for each other. And you think about it then, can we really say with a lot of conviction that the Holy Spirit is at work among us then? For his work among us and in us is sometimes pretty hard to see, to notice. It's overwhelmed by other things sometimes. Can we say with conviction then that we have received the seal of the promised spirit here? Important question, congregation. For if we don't bear that seal ourselves, then we have no certainty either. But that's what the Holy Spirit's work is about, as we mentioned before, right? It's about certainty, assurance that the inheritance laid away for us by God is truly ours. Well, there's more to that, that coming to that certainty. Because think of that official letter we mentioned before, the letter with those stamps and signatures on it to certify that you've inherited a couple of million dollars from that overseas great aunt or so. Well, imagine that you're not completely convinced by that letter. It could be. Maybe something is blurred on it or so. And you think, I didn't, I didn't think that that relative could have had that much money at all. I don't believe it. Like they say, if it's too good to be true, then it's probably, most likely, not true. Would there be another way then to convince you that that inheritance in Christ is really yours? There is. Wonderfully, there is. Imagine that you also received a bank draft in the mail later on for half a million dollars. A down payment for that inheritance your relative wanted to leave you. I'm going to give you a first installment you just need to go to the bank 
cash that draft? Would you believe it was all true if you went to the bank and that half million was deposited in your bank account and you walked home and you looked in the bank book and you saw all the zeros there? Would you believe it then? I think you would, right? It would be hard to doubt anymore that that inheritance was really for you. For a down payment like that is an extra proof, is additional evidence that the inheritance is for you, yours. And you know what's so amazing? Well, that the Apostle Paul also writes in that section we read from Ephesians 1, that God has now already given us a down payment on our eternal inheritance in Christ. Look at verse 14, you know. In 14 it says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The guarantee of our inheritance. In my edition of the New King James Version that I use at home, it has a little footnote there behind the word guarantee. You might check it out if you have a reference Bible. You notice that the word down payment is also suggested there. That's what it is. A down payment. The down payment of our inheritance. God sends us the Holy Spirit as a down payment to assure us that in due time, the whole glorious inheritance will come to us. And again, it says with our first point about the promised Holy Spirit as a seal, we see that down payment when we see the Spirit at work in the congregation, in the church, and in our own heart and our own life. So we don't only have a, a seal to certify that the inheritance is really ours then, we also have already part of that inheritance itself, a down payment, so to speak, on the full salvation which we receive when Christ returns in glory. We have that work of the sanctifying spirit now already. And it's just a part of it, but he's, he's at work. So don't underestimate the importance of the Spirit's work in your life and in the congregation here, either than congregation. I, I mentioned before that sometimes our sins and weaknesses seem to be more obvious and in your face than the work of the Holy Spirit. And then we don't think that, then we, you know, then we don't think much of Him and His work. We think, is He really there? But the Apostle Paul says in the passage we read in Ephesians, don't underestimate the importance and the work of the Spirit. He is the seal and he is the down payment of your in eternal inheritance in Christ. He is given to me, as we confess, Lord's Day 20, to make me, by true faith, share in Christ and all his benefits and to comfort me. And if we experience at least the beginnings of that work of the Spirit in the church and in our personal life, you can be sure 
that the full inheritance is going to follow. Oh, sure, sometimes there will unfortunately be just a small beginning of the Spirit's work among us yet. A small beginning of actually living in the Spirit. We also desperately need God's grace and the forgiveness in Christ every day again, don't we? And we all have so much to learn yet, don't we? And there's so much room for every one of us to grow in love and holiness, isn't there? Room to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Room to grow in love and good deeds. And yet, if there's a beginning of those things, then the Holy Spirit is given to you as a down payment. If there is even the desire to grow. I mean that where people love the Lord Jesus, desire to live out of His grace, desire to become more like He wants to be. That's where the promised Holy Spirit is at work already. Where people hate the sins they fall into and in humble repentance seek forgiveness before God and from each other. And they desire the strength to overcome sin more and more in their lives. That is where the Holy Spirit is present and active. That's where, as Paul says, he's present as a seal on your life and as down payment on the whole inheritance. Down payment, which assures us of the full glory that is coming when Jesus returns in glory. And so our certainty will grow then too. The certainty of faith as gift of the Spirit of God. For ultimately, brothers and sisters, people, you have to realize, people don't share in the inheritance which God has laid away because they're all, we're all able to accomplish so much and we're so upright in ourselves. No, not at all. We receive a share in that inheritance simply because God grants that to us for Christ's sake. So wouldn't we, you know, depending on what he has done in our life, wouldn't we then not look with eager longing to that glorious inheritance that God has promised us? Rejoice in it now already too? Because we have the seal and the down payment? Well, that living in longing is what the Holy Spirit wants to work in us now until he can present us without blemish among the assembly of God's elect in life eternal. Amen.